Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues. Today's topic is managing different libidos. Are you doomed? Let's find out. Hey friends, I'm Natasha Chandel and you're listening to Kinda Dating. Hey. If you liked today's episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. And if you can leave us a five-star review, we will shout you out on the show and our socials. Um, If you don't follow us on socials, do that too. We're at Kinda Dating on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm at Natasha Chandel on Facebook, Instagram, and Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter. Just find us. And if you didn't believe me, here's an awesome review by how to read a lot of these uh like code names but it's match one match one uh he or she whoever it is we love you says this is the only dating podcast that i listen to i've listened to three episodes today a truly addicting podcast for those of us in the dating world it's great to listen to natasha's take on her guests dating dating stories and breakups it's funny and makes me want to keep dating instead of giving up yes that's our goal don't give up it's okay you'll survive um so thank you so much, Mashwan. Please keep the uh, the reviews coming, and we, we really love and appreciate all of it. Okay. We have an awesome, awesome guest with us here today. I'm so excited about this episode because we don't really talk about this that much here. Um, we have health and sexuality writer, host of the Girl Boner podcast. Love that name. Her work has appeared in Cosmopolitan, the Washington Post, Livestrong.com, Etc. 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 She is gearing up to release her new book, Girl Boner: The Good Girl's Guide to Sexual Empowerment. Whew. I have August McLaughlin. Hello. Hi. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, we don't talk about sex enough on this show. Most people don't talk enough about sex. It's also because. I'm Indian and my mom might be listening and I'm really like, I can't. You can totally blame me. This is all <laughs> yeah, my fault. This one is just you. I'm going to be like somebody, I'm going to blame you. I'll be like, you pitched me this, not I pitched you this. Yeah. Guys, I really pitched her this. I was like, please, can we have you on the show? Um, okay, first, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we ask every guest this, single or in a relationship? In a relationship, I'm coming up on my 10-year wedding anniversary. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Good God. In modern day, that's a thing? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You look like you're 12. So That's so kind. <laughs> um, yeah, I got married. At you were a child bride? <laughs> no. we. Yeah, it's crazy that it's been 10 years. But very Damn. happily partnered, yeah. Amazing. Okay, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like you'll have a different, interesting perspective on both of these. That we have two episodes with you. Um, this one we're talking about managing different libidos. Okay, so let's start from literally the beginning because I, I think this is it can be questionable for people. What are we talking about when we say libido or sex drive? It's such a good question because I think a lot of people aren't sure or they have a very different definition from mm-hmm. perhaps their partner. And the way I see it is it's so individual. It's it's your desire for whatever kind of sexual activity you're concerned about or desiring. So when mm-hmm. we're talking about discrepancies, usually people are wanting a change, right? So it either means that they themselves desire more sexual activity than a partner does mm-hmm. or vice versa. But I would also include things like 
you know, masturbation, any kind of sexual activity where you, when you feel like your desire is blocked, then that would be a low desire. However, it's totally different for every person. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with you if you desire, you know, really frequent sexual activity or very seldom or none if you're mm-hmm. asexual. I guess, yeah, I guess the reason I also ask that is because like, it's what you just said, is is the drive different than the activity? Because there's like... Sometimes I feel like I have a decent drive, but there are some activities I'm not interested in. Ah, yeah. So that's your preferences. I would say desire and libido. Libido is actually the the sexual desire, a big umbrella term for that. Like, do you get turned on to want to participate Uh, in some sexual thing? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then within that, everyone has their own preferences. So you could be really into BDSM or kind of more just you know, intercourse or penetrative sex or, or vibrators or whatever. So, so I guess that's like, does it make you, does it make, uh, do you define drive by like, if somebody were into BDSM, does that mean that they have technically more of a drive than somebody who isn't, or that's just more of a preference? Yeah, that's just a preference. Okay. Yeah. So that person might not like something sober or, I mean, I don't want to say sober, you know what what I mean? But like something Mm -hmm. more, uh, just whatever, like just masturbation, right? You know, more vanilla, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so they might just not be into that, but that doesn't mean that they don't have right because the the drive, if you call it that, or libido, whatever terms you use, that's more just your your desire in general. Mm. So you could have a very low libido and love BDSM. You just wouldn't want to engage very often. Mm-hmm. Or that you could have sense. a really high drive and yeah. want to participate every day. Right. You know, have your own dungeon. So whatever. in this one, we're we're going to try to focus a little bit more on the libido side. So like a bit more of the general drive. Because I think like, especially when you're first meeting people and you're starting to learn that, you're. I think it's important. It totally is important. Sexuality is such a key part of our relationships. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's a huge part of our individual relationship with ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And it's super important once you are dating, you know, there are people who want to have a, you know, maybe they're asexual, but they're romantic. So they want a rom- romantic relationship without sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Or maybe somebody is specifically looking for somebody who does have a fairly high sex drive because that's a value for them. But we all have different sexual values. So I think examining it for ourselves is super important. And like, I mean, while because just off the top of starting on it, I want people to be sure that we're sa- we're not trying to judge anybody depending on where your drive is. It's just being aware of it, right? Yeah, completely. And if you don't have any issue with it, then you probably don't even really think about that. Yeah. You know, you, when people bring it up, it's typically because they either feel they are not, quote, normal, Mm -hmm. like there's something maybe wrong with them, they're worried about that, or or they could have a health issue, you know, maybe they're worried that all of a sudden it changed, Mm -hmm. or a partner is not as happy or they are not happy with their partner's drive. So, and, and we all, by the way, have varying drives. Mm -hmm. Nobody is like, has the same, it was, it's sort of like how we desire more food on certain days. You're never going to want to eat the exact same amount of food every day of your life, right? Yeah. So stress comes up. Sleep issues come up. We all vary. Yeah. And just like life happens too. I mean, some of my girlfriends who've had kids, they tell me like they just don't feel the same down there. I'm like, thank God I don't have that. But like, you know, they tell me it's changed because of that. Or I mean, like you said, you go through life stress and you're... And you're, or you're working too much and you're just 
whatever those things change yeah Um, it's so true i have a section in my girl boner book called girl boner buzzkills that's all the different things that can stand in the way uh, and the most common one for all genders is do you have any guess what what would you think would be like the biggest most common buzzkill so the thing that would kill like a turnoff that keeps you from um body odor (laughs) very good guess but no it's stress Oh, <laughs> yeah. But if you're stressed out about your body odor, then totally. Me, I'm like, if I can't, if, if they don't smell right, I can't do it. Um, yeah. That's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. But yeah. when you're, you're just like not in the mood when you're. Yeah. Although I have to say, too, there are some people who are more sexually active and desire more sex when mm-hmm. they're, when they're stressed out because it helps them self-soothe. Right. And that's great, too. Yeah. So, again, whenever you hear these kind of headlines like oh this is what zaps things for you this is what this is how often you should be having yeah. sex just don't really pay attention yeah. to the headline because a lot of times that's just clickbait and totally kind of make us feel crappy oh yeah they do i mean and, and that's so when i was researching about this before you know coming and talk to you i was looking up like okay you know and i searched um I think different libidos and some of the headlines that came said if you're sexually incompatible and I don't know like to me I was like does that mean you're sexually incompatible like what if you're a medium and they're a high that's not horribly incompatible now maybe if you're a zero and the other is a 10 maybe that's incompatible but like there's a good range in there that just is like you're different completely and more often It'll vary both directions. Mm -hmm. So one person wants it more often this time or even a different time Mm -hmm. of day. And the other person wants it these times. Usually that's the case. When it's a more extreme example, which happens and there's no shame at all, you know, if you're going through that, there's absolutely no reason to feel that you're less than. It's it's very common to struggle in these kinds of Mm -hmm. areas. And I think we live in a culture that's so performance-based and, like, we have to be sexual in these certain kinds of ways. So it's really interesting that that's what came up because I don't think you're – not compatible at all. The only way I would say that that's tied into that would be, again, if it was really a problem within your sexual kind of value system, mm-hmm. like the way you connect with a person, maybe you want to have sex, you know, every day mm-hmm. or once a month or whatever it is, you know, and if the other person is quite different. But I would say the sexual um, incompatibility, you know, we can't put all the re- responsibility on a partner, yeah. right? So there's so many ways to engage sexually by ourselves. You know what I mean? Totally. There's so many ways to work around this stuff. Yeah. And I think, and this is what we were talking about before, where I said, I was like, like for me, I think I'm a, you know, I won't say like a super high, but I'm, I'm like at a high medium to a high, above average probably drive. That said, there are times that I'm just like, it's not that that I would ever hold out. I've never held out with, on somebody with sex. But I'm like, if your fucking approach is stupid, I can't help you. Like, I don't yeah. want to when you're, and like, this is the example I gave, guys. This is like, I, you know, and there's somebody that I, I used to really, really like, and we had such great chemistry. and But sometimes it, it was just like the middle of the afternoon, and I'd be standing there, and he'd, like, sit me down on his lap and just literally, like, grope me up and down. And that was supposed to – I was like, what? Yeah. What? Like, we just just had lunch. 
I'm probably like feeling a little bloated. Like I don't need you to just be like rubbing me up and down and that's supposed to be it. And like I just have to turn on when you turn on. Right. And then it made me and then like the other one, the nighttime thing where it's like, you know, some people sleep really late. And so like I'm a night owl. But that said, like if we're going to sleep at four in the morning, I'm not going to start anything at four in the morning. Right. <laughs> Especially because for a lot of us. Sexual activity, especially if you have a vulva and you're estrogen-based, you're probably awakened by sex, mm-hmm. you know? So if, if we have sex right before bed, yeah. like, I may not sleep for a while. Yeah. So those are all really important considerations. And you brought up something so important, which is we can be very physically turned on. You know, if, if somebody comes up to us and, like, they have a vibrator or they start touching us a certain way, our body might get turned on. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we are therefore saying, oh, I want to have sex right now. Yeah. We all have the cognitive turn on as well, right? And the emotional turn on. So mm-hmm. when there's a turn off, if somebody's just like, okay, push a button, you be turned on for me now. It's like, no, I'm not a toy. And another really interesting thing you brought up is what happens so often, and I find this especially with women, is we question like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, or we don't want to hurt our partner's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so they... In this case, let's use that example. Someone just wants to have sex with you right now. You're like, I need an antacid. And they're like, no, I need to have an orgasm. Like in that moment, uh, we often are like, oh, my gosh. So if I say something, he's going to feel crushed or she's going to feel crushed or she's going to feel. So it's really important that we do communicate. But so many people are not comfortable talking about sex. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend if that's happening consistently, have a conversation when you're not having sex. Yeah. You know, not like. Out in public. Agreed, yeah. Unless you really want to. But, like, you know, you're sitting on the sofa, you know, hey, can we just chat about something? I'm curious what you think about this. Mm -hmm. And how is it in, like, a really positive way? And say, I love it when we do this and this and this. Yeah. But for some reason, like, this feels a little odd to me. Like, how do you feel? And just try to open that up because when we have those conversations, it can feel intimidating, Mm -hmm. but it actually builds intimacy. That I agree. So, like, that same person who, you know, again, we've had a great – or we had great – times together um when he also used to like like smoking weed at night and and to me like you know I'm cool if somebody smokes but I'll be honest with you at nighttime it arouses guys to some other level and then I'm like and it more than the sex is great but then I'm like dealing with the personality on top of it and I don't like dealing with the personality and you shouldn't have to yeah and so like when it started becoming a consistent thing and then you know it would push him to like want to have sex at like three four in the morning because he's awake and super buzzed and I'm like I'm fucking super tired right now Mm. I had to finally say like when he was sober and like I was like, hey, don't mind you smoking at all. Do you think you could do it earlier? Good for you. So that, you know, I don't have to deal with a personality How later. How do you take it? And he, he actually, like, laughed at first and was like, oh, yeah, no. And it made me think that he was ignoring me. But then he actually took a different kind of weed that, like, mellowed him. And oh, then okay. it was fine. Then See? I was like, and you can oh, find those compromises. This is great. Like, yeah, you're still we're still into it, but I don't have to deal with this like hyper personality because it's just a turn off. For yeah, me. Like, and most of the time, um, if we're in a healthy relationship, our partner wants us to feel mm-hmm. good and happy, so they like to know. It's kind yeah. of like, you know, when I don't want to compare it to something with currency because I think that that's bad. But like, if you're tipping a server, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like if if they if you ask for extra care, mm-hmm. they're like, oh. I want to help you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of similar in that 
a good partner is going to be like, oh my gosh, I can do this and we can have more mm-hmm. pleasure because I really do think that most people care. I think so. That. Like I like to, I mean, I like to know, you know, with anybody being like, okay, like what isn't your vibe and what is your vibe because there are there are parts of people's bodies that like you meet one person and they're super turned on by this and the other person's disgusted by that so yeah. you're like oh it's just better to kind of ask in a gentle way and and just be like does this work does this not work what do you yeah. you know and my girlfriends and I were having this talk where one of my girlfriends was like oh no I never ask you should just be able to feel it and I'm like, I don't know if that's like a really a thing because people are so conscious of it that they're not going to really tell you sometimes yeah. unless they feel like it's safe. You know where I think that you. comes from is movies and TV where we see everything happen spontaneously. Yeah. You know, there's a scene where a couple, like two people see each other. They may not even know each other. They lock eyes and suddenly they know how to have sex right there. Yeah. And everything happens quickly. They orgasm together in perfect synchronicity. Yeah. And like and that's not realistic. Totally. There will be times where, yeah, sex will happen spontaneously, but we don't have to always articulate every single word. There's many ways to communicate. Mm. So I think communicating through feel is good. And sometimes you might have a partner that you feel like, oh, this just kind of flows. Like if you were having sex like pretty like almost daily mm-hmm. with somebody, then probably you are in sync with each other as like you could feel that out. Yeah. And and that's an important kind of thing to figure out. And if you don't have it, that's when I think it's really important to have those conversations. But I still think even especially when you're with somebody like every day for a long time, it's like you you could be in sync, but still there are like little things, like tiny little things that you're like, oh, actually – uh, that hurts. <laughs> or, oh my gosh! Or Thank like you for uh, you're, that you're yeah. nibbling a little too hard. Um, Sex should or, never hurt you know, unless yeah. you want it to, right? Yeah. And so it's so important if it's if it is hurting to stop. Yeah. Because that's another thing that I think we can feel like, oh, I don't want to let the partner mm-hmm. down. They're enjoying this. If you're in pain, hit the pause button. Yeah. You know, and we can do it gently. You don't have to. If totally. You, if you have to squeal to it, like. Yeah. Um, but I do think those conversations are really important, and they also can be so enticing mm-hmm. it could be so exciting to open that up and to start having the, these conversations maybe even whispering to each other when you are out in public like hey what do you want to do later like mm-hmm. and really again trying to be positive and say, like if there's something that you want to address make sure there's kind of a sandwich approach they call it mm-hmm. where you start and end with something really positive and genuine yeah you, know, you don't yeah. just make up something yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you'd be like oh my gosh baby I love it when you kiss my neck yeah uh you know, I I sometimes feel a little funny because I'm mm-hmm. ticklish about my feet. Like, I don't really want you kissing my feet. But when you go down on me, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know, so that it's like they they go, oh, there are these wonderful things I'm doing. And these feel good. And this one's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Do, do guys and girls just innately have different drives? No. And I love this question. Really? So much. Yes. Okay. So here's what. My belief is, and there's there's research to support this too, but it gets really wonky with research around this because for centuries, we've been taught that men are sexual and women are not. Mm-hmm. I mean, very recently, we weren't able to make any decisions about our sexual health, none. Uh, we were considered more accessories. There are religions still that they, they pleasure for women is is like, illegal 
it's I like mean, such 50 a sin. shades of gray too right like that kind of stuff where mm. it's like more about his well like it's taking 50 over the submissive girl kind of thing 50 shades what bothered me is like he's a stalker yeah yeah. and people were like getting all up in arms about the bdsm part and they were pretty consensual about all that yeah yeah and i was like but don't just show up in her apartment and make that romantic i'm sorry <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's the problem yeah um but yeah we don't what i have found is there's a lot of pressure on men to be like I must be turned on all the time because that makes me a hot guy and macho Mm -hmm. and cool. And there's this pressure on women to be very demure, but maybe a little porn star like in the bedroom in the right context, Mm -hmm. right? And so... The lady in the streets and the freak in the bed. Yeah. But there was a study last year that showed that involved almost 3,000 women in the UK that showed that women in long-term relationships were desiring more sex Mm -hmm. than the men were. Now, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with men wanting mm-hmm. less sex, but it just goes to show you mm-hmm. how much, especially because a lot of the studies that people base stuff like that on uh, from the past are really tiny studies. And again, it gets this headline thing mm-hmm. where we're like, oh my gosh, you know, he always wants sex. She never wants sex. Yeah. And it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because so many people have shame around having a higher yeah. sex drive. Like I thought that in two of my relationships specifically that the guy was not that into me because I had a higher sex drive mm-hmm. than they did. And I once I wrote about that on my blog, and I, I talk about it in the Girl Boner book too, I hear from people all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the most common things I hear from women is like, oh my gosh, thank you for talking about that. Yeah. I felt like a quote slut. I felt like he thought my, my butt was too big, mm-hmm. my boobs were too flat, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and I think we need to have compassion for everyone and say, you know what, it's okay for a guy to be like, I'm really not in the mood right now. Could we just hold hands? Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's totally happened so to hot. me too. Yeah. Sensitivity is mm-hmm. cool. And and just knowing that I think one of the things too to recognize is women have so many more barriers in their sex drive. Mm-hmm. And it's not our fault, you know. It's it's society, it's patriarchy. It's we are much more prone to stress and depression mm-hmm. and so many things that are a lot easier for mm-hmm. guys. So, I think if we had a much more equal society in all ways, yeah. that it, we would see that we're all so much more alike than we are different. Yeah. Like for me I and and I come back to the approach part because like I'm pretty, I could be open to, I would say, 90% of even different types of sexual activities. It depends how somebody asks me. Mm. And I've always found that, like, that kind of determines part of that drive is, like, is that if somebody, if I feel like it's kind of manipulative or it's somebody, you know, and and I had somebody who would be like, oh, we should, you know, we should have a... I feel really comfortable with you. We should have a threesome. And and in my life, of course, I was laughing. I was like, of course, like as if I haven't been asked this question a million times before. And I was like, oh, right. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I'm not there yet to feel that comfortable yet. Yeah. And But he was like, but so you're you're not like he got so upset about oh the the whole thing being like, but and then would be like, well, I want to go to a sex club and like upped it. And I was like, well. I'm saying I'm not even I'm not okay with this. Game. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not comfortable with this, yeah. but, but I'm so comfortable with uh, you. Yeah, no. And it came off so manipulative to yeah. me that I was like, I'm pretty sure off. that like we're not there because it's or like anywhere. Yeah, anymore. I was like, it's like, three months in. That's like kind of to me something yeah. that, and there's no rule or any of it. But right. for me, it's something that I 
you know, I don't know if I would consider or not consider, but it might be something later in a relationship. Yeah. Not and maybe three I months in where I'm still learning who you are. Totally. And for it's you so to feel good that to know that about yourself, too. And I think we all need to know, for you, if the approach is really important. Yeah. That's that's one of your values, and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's great, and it should be respected, you know. And it obviously, always goes both ways. We want to respect our, our partner's, you know, desires too. Another thing about the approach, you made me think of different kinds of desire. Mm-hmm. So there's responsive and there's spontaneous desire, mm. and some people are more prone to responsive desire, where they're only really like fully turned on, like sex interested, mm-hmm. when something's already happening yeah. you know it's not like they would just all of a sudden how you were saying like that one guy was like okay ready we just ate sits yep. on you like yeah. no so that he may have had some spontaneous desire right yeah there. yeah and and his spontaneous desire turned into like a wall for you you're like what yeah so some people are much more they want to they want it to be eased into. They want to have like, because to me, foreplay is part of sex. Yeah. I don't even really like the word that much because it's like, the before stuff is part of it. Like if I it's would kissing, think so, yeah. it's touching, like to me that's sex. It's not just like a penis and a vagina, mm-hmm. you know, which is also we exclusive. Talk, we, we did an episode on kissing it, like early with, with Laura Clary, guys, you should listen to it. But um, I, I say I that like that. to me, kissing is like the best part. Yeah. And you know what? Making out so much with your lips, yeah. like really, really kissing, turns on the internal clitoris. I feel like if you find good rhythm there, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel like then you're yeah. probably going to be good in other ways. But if it's yeah. like not a good kiss, I'm like, oh, that means there's something off. Like we're yeah, not getting yeah. our rhythm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We get so aroused from. I mean, we're all different, but again, mm-hmm. it's. I find that I, my desire is much more spontaneous at certain times, and much more. You know, but I think if we are connected yeah, to our same. sexuality, yeah, because nobody's like one way. Exactly, yeah. we're all dynamic. Like there are times that I'm super spontaneous, and then there are times that I'm like, like, fuck, I just ate. Right. <laughs> Let me brush my yeah. teeth. Dude. Yeah, the brushing. Oh my teeth gosh. Part. Yeah. Morning that. sex without brushing teeth. No. Not Thank happening. you. Everybody <laughs> should watch Notting Hill. There's a great scene in yeah. that with Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. and they wake up and they're both like, yeah, no. I was like, yes, that's real life. Yes, thank you. Um, I want to ask you, how does it manifest? Um, like, what happens like when drives are different? How is that coming out in the relationship? It comes out in many different ways. Typically, if it becomes a source of stress, there can be a lot of tension in the relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's shame around it, sometimes on both sides, because there's one person who's feeling like they're not having their kind of sexual needs or desires met. And then the other person feels like they can't give the person what they want, mm-hmm. which turns it into a uh, sex should never be a currency. It's mm-hmm. not something you give. It's something you share. Right. Uh, so it's really important when you do notice that to address it before it does grow into this mm-hmm. big thing because sex is a beautiful part of a relationship but it's not the focus until it becomes this mm-hmm. big tension problem also can drive people outside the relationship right which is the scary part oh like cheating and stuff yeah. like that yeah I, I mean it's one of those things where if you're not having your desires met and you don't and this goes beyond sex too if you're looking for emotional support and you're not getting it if you're you know a lot of Affairs, not all, but a lot of affairs do seem to come mm-hmm. from having desires that aren't met. So it, it is really important to address those things because if you have needs and they're not being addressed and you're not finding ways to address them in a way that's healthy for your relationship, then it's much easier to mm-hmm. to go down a darker path for yeah. sure. Yeah. The cheaters, if you do that, you fucking suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> we do not recommend cheating. We um, do not advocate for it. But but before that, ideally before that, yeah. and because you know we we focus on the dating process. So like, when or how far into the relationship do you think when you meet somebody and you like them, do you start talking about? Like, is this something you talk about or is this something you just learn? Because I think like. I, I was reading about it, and, and one psychologist actually, though I don't know about going this far, he talked about a scale. He's like, you you know, you scale yourself, like, from 0 to 10, and you say, where are you on that scale? And then you ask the other person. But what you said earlier kind of makes it difficult. One person's scale, what does that entail? Mm. What activities does that entail? Somebody else's scale could be completely different because completely different types of activities. So totally, it's hard to say that, but... I mean, I I think you could, like it's good to know if you're a low, medium, high, simple. It could be. I mean, it's. Do you it, talk about it? I don't know. What do you do? Well, at the beginning of the relationship, of course, we get that punch drunk thing, right? Where all our brain chemicals are going bananas, mm-hmm. and it's totally normal to want a lot of sex or more sex than usual at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. It's also normal for it not to stay like that forever. However, that's not. A bad thing. It, there's this idea that if you're in a relationship and you aren't having sex as often as at the beginning, that we go, oh my gosh, like, where's that passion? Where's that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's super important to recognize that the sex can continue to get better, even if you don't want to have it every day mm-hmm. or you don't want to have it quite as often. Um, so I think it's always important to talk about anything when it feels like a source of tension. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting to feel like there's a, a discrepancy or you feel like you are kind of going, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't initiate, mm-hmm. you know, or if, or if you're feeling like, oh, my gosh, I always have to initiate. I don't know if they really want this. Mm-hmm. That's when you should really have the, the conversation. And that could happen at any time. Um, and a lot of times when there's a change in libido, if you notice a change in your partner, it's really good to have a conversation that isn't about like, Okay, so how come we're not having sex as often? It's much better. Yeah, not like not in a critical way. Right. And say, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. I've noticed a change. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Because a lot of times that person is like, I do, but I'm totally scared to bring Mm -hmm. it up. And maybe it has nothing to do with you or sex at all. Maybe it's some sucky thing that happened at work. Yeah. Do you think, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the types of relationships, if we're talking about complete, like, opposites, if we're talking to somebody who is low and they'd start dating somebody who's high, uh, do you think that those kind of, those dynamics work? I think they can. Yeah. Um, and would it, I guess I, I guess I'm like, it's a multi-part question. Yeah. Do they, do they discuss it in the beginning? Is that just kind of, or is that something like, I mean, I feel like if you're, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you would notice it right away. And you probably know it about yourself, too, yeah. probably. So I would say if you're going, if you're new to dating somebody yeah. and you know about yourself that you have what you consider a low or a high drive, that would be something to talk yeah. about. Because I, mean, I, I had an ex who had super high, but it wasn't even just the drive. It was, the like I said, the activities kind of thing. And he told me in the beginning. That's great. And, and so Then you get you know, to make a decision. Yeah. And, and, and also... What are the expectations around exactly. that? Is this person expecting you to have sex super frequently? Mm-hmm. Or are they comfortable? You know, I personally think masturbation is a really important tool for ourselves when we're in relationships, mm-hmm. too. So is that person willing to have all different kinds? Like, what does that mean to that person? Mm-hmm. Again, are you desiring 
intercourse frequently? Are you desiring anal sex frequently? Are you, yeah. I mean, because it's so different for oh, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kinds of, those, I feel like those boundaries need to be placed earlier. Yeah, yeah. But I do. Like whatever have... it is for you. Oh, totally. Like totally. I like it, I don't like it. Yeah. I think that those things are good to discuss. Oh, completely. And there's some really good tools for and that. Like not in like in a, guys, not in like a, hey, let's sit down and have an <laughs> intellectual discussion about, you know, like just, right. uh, just, yeah, yeah, have a fun conversation. Having, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a, a Girl Boner journal coming out as well. Ooh. And it has a yes, no, maybe list in it. Mm. And I really like those because it's a worksheet. And it's like a game. You can just be like, hey, you want to fill this out? And what's cool about that is you can go through it with a partner when you feel like you want to kind of like start talking and have a sexy conversation, have fun with it and say, is this a yes, a no, or a maybe? Like yeah. a maybe would be, I'll consider it someday, just not right now, yeah. right? So it's like, do you want to be tied up? Do you want Do you want to have, um, do you like oral? Do you love making out? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel about, it can be anything, but yeah. you can make your own list too. Like if there are certain things that you're like, I kind of have a fetish for this, yeah, but yeah. I don't know if this person likes it. I think that's really important to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to keep this conversation going. Uh, we're not done here. We actually have some tips on how to tackle if you have like a different sex drive like a legit like what can we really do uh to help out um but guys if you like what you're hearing so far remember give us a five-star review on the app that you are listening to us on and make sure you subscribe to the kind of dating podcast so you can hear all of our episodes as soon as they come out there are 70 plus episodes uh i can't believe that we have passed that number um Thank you so much, as always, for listening. We are here with August McLaughlin talking about different libidos. So how do you tackle if you have, you're in a relationship with somebody or you're starting to date somebody and you're like, we are different. So if you notice that and it's not this sudden change, it just happens to be, Mm -hmm. okay, this is how you are and this is how I are and it's different. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is to have a conversation. Check with yourself, you know, really kind of get that awareness and so that you go into the conversation knowing kind of what your mm-hmm. goal is and hopefully the goal is understanding. Mm-hmm. Really have those conversations and don't make it some one-time talk. Like this might be an ongoing conversation yeah. and that's okay. If it's really challenging and if you've been in the relationship for a while, that's when I would recommend professional support. Yeah. And also like you said, we said earlier, right? Like don't be critical about it. And like whatever the other person tells you, like try not to judge it. It's hard because yeah, like when I, I remember when I heard my ex tell me some of the stuff, I was like, Oh, okay. And, and, and then I had to like not judge myself to say, well, these are things I'm open to and these are Mm -hmm. things I'm not open to. Yes. Or like I'm not open to right now. Right. But, you know, and it was like, I didn't want to be judged, but I also didn't want to judge somebody else because I knew that the other person felt like. Which is really important. I think if you go into the conversation with the intent of listening to each Mm -hmm. other, you know, because I think it's easy to to listen and be thinking about your reaction Mm -hmm. instead of really trying to understand, try to understand where the person's coming from and just know, and it may not, you might not get it resolved in one conversation, Mm -hmm. but just, just see where you're at. I think that's really important. And then if you are the one who has the lower libido and you want to change that, which is a thousand percent up to you, Mm -hmm. I would suggest perhaps even taking sex off the table for Mm -hmm. a little while and focusing on your own desire yourself. Mm. You mentioned friends who like our parents, how it changes Mm -hmm. once they have a baby. 
if, if your desire has changed or you have never really questioned it, if you've just had a low libido most of your life and you don't even know why, I think it's really important to, to ask yourself, like, what did I learn about sex? What did I learn mm-hmm. about pleasure? What did I learn about women who enjoy sex? Like really digging into these mm-hmm. things and, and then really exploring your own body mm-hmm. and trying to tap into the desire for yourself and asking yourself, like, do I allow pleasure in other life areas? Because I've noticed that a lot of people who feel like they don't desire sex kind of, quote, enough, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're not really allowing themselves other pleasures either. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other thing. So sometimes when you start having other pleasure in your life, the girl boners just happen. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. I mean, it, it, there is a, a big psychological aspect to it. And yeah. also sometimes biological, right? Like there are people yeah. who, and I think this is where you have to be compassionate when you hear it from the other side, especially if it's low or they're asexual or something like that, right? There are people who just biologically... Yeah, so if you're asexual, you don't experience sexual mm-hmm. attraction. And some people who are asexual might masturbate sometimes, they mm-hmm. might have sex sometimes, but that's not their they don't that's not their yeah. orientation. They don't do that. And there's a spectrum. Um and knowing that is really important and also the conditions can get in the way too, like mm-hmm. health conditions actually. Mm-hmm. So if you, for example, notice a sudden change, you could be dealing with hormonal imbalances or you could have, again, breastfeeding or having a baby or mm-hmm. sexual pain, endometriosis. And like, if you have I mean, really painful periods, like potentially cancer and things oh like gosh, that, yes. they're going to chemo or whatever it is. Yeah. People don't want to. Yeah. And that is absolutely part of life and something that can very com- can be worked around in a really compassionate mm-hmm. way, yeah. you know, and, and finding ways to, because maybe, so for example, if you are having some sort of issue where you aren't able to have penetrative sex, mm-hmm. what are some other ways that you can mm-hmm. connect physically? Like, can you have physical intimacy mm-hmm. that is not specifically this one thing that is painful? Yeah. You know, and really good, seeking yeah. support too, like medical doctors. If you go to a doctor and they aren't taking your pain seriously, go to another doctor. Yeah. And what do you think about, like, compromising? If you are kind of, like, dating somebody and you guys are or in a relationship or married, whatever, wherever you are in your spectrum there. But, like, you are like, okay, we're kind of not – like, we're not matching right now, but – where how much does compromise play into it cuz it's like or trying to come up with activities together that you right. both agree yeah like yeah okay like these are things we could enjoy let's like focus a little bit more on that mm. and then maybe try the, or how do you, or the give and take part like when when should a person it's not being an not we're not talking like uh, like obligatory sex right but right. There are times that you you're they you know you can change the perspective of like instead of this being an obligation, mm-hmm. I'm giving also like you know, and then there are times that the other person yeah does, but you're not making them feel like you're giving something to them yeah. like out of, you know, but you're like oh they're gonna really enjoy this totally and, well one thing and I'm, I'm not gonna hate it yeah, <laughs> that's the thing right that's important yeah, um, yeah so. The person who has the lower libido at any given time is the person who has control over when or not, whether or not you have sex. Mm-hmm. That's not a responsibility that they necessarily want, mm-hmm. but that's the person who controls when or, when you have it or not. Because again, it should always sex is consensual. Yeah, yeah. right. If it's not consensual, it's something else. Like totally. that's right. Yeah. So, like you were saying, it's not obligatory. It's finding yeah. other. Um, and that's something I learned from Dr. Megan Fleming, who's a a psychologist and sex therapist in yeah. New York, and she answers a question on my my show every week. And she's she's talked about that specific thing where it's like the person with a lower desire 
it has to be their decision, right? Yeah. However, there are other ways to go, okay, so what are some ways that we could, like, what is it we're trying to mm-hmm. feel? Because a lot of times it's the partner who has the higher drive. They don't want to have sex just to have sex. Yeah. They want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. They want to connect with you. Are there other ways that they can connect with you yeah. that would be gratifying for you both? Right. Um, yeah, I think I think compromise it can be really Im- important, but it always has to be within your own mm-hmm. comfort zone, and yeah. and you need to be able to go. Okay, here's where like my hard lines are. Here's yeah. my these are my boundaries. And a lot of times, if somebody's like, I want to have sex, say twelve times a month, and one person's like, I want sex twice a month. How would we feel about five? You know, like, yeah, are there yeah, some yeah. kinds of ways to, and, and people then maybe think that that's like it. not romantic or whatever, but I'm like, relationships aren't always fucking romantic. <laughs> you know, we plan vacations, right? Yeah. Ahead, and they're totally exciting. But as soon as you plan sex, people it's, are like, oh, yeah. that's so boring. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, you get to look forward yeah, to it. Exactly. So at least if you agree and you're like, I could have sex, maybe you're having sex twice a month, you want, you're going to mm-hmm. now do it once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's on your calendar and you know it's coming, then if you have more responsive desire, that's a beautiful time for you to go, okay, I'm going to get like a massage or yeah. a bath or I'm going to like do things to my leading up music. to it. Yeah. 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 Send your flirty texts yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I well, think it helps. We were just, my joke with the compromise thing is always like what we, what we were saying, the timing too. Cause sometimes I'm like fucking morning sex. It's like guys wake up at 6 a.m. And my only thing in life is I hate mornings. Like <laughs> if I could choose like my number one on any list ever will be sleep. Yeah. So when people like so you know when yeah. you're, when you're dating somebody and then you start getting the tap at like six a.m. and the you know then they're they're continuing the tap I'm I'm acting like I'm still sleeping I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah sleeping alone for a bit and then sometimes I'm just like all right just let's get this done no, <laughs> but that's yeah. not like you know bad like I'm gonna enjoy it but at the same time I'm like the end outcome is I will go back to sleep right. and you will be satisfied also so let's just <laughs> right so it's worth it for you but that's not your ideal yeah 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 knowing those things about but ourselves then there are is times I'm like God. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it is kind of a bummer when you know. Yeah, it's, when, and when it's you really... not like, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not like a where I feel obligated or that I feel like it was not consensual. Right, but I'm right. just like, hmm. yeah. I'm like weighing yeah. my options in the morning. I'm like. <laughs> This is keeping me away from sleep far longer. Right. So I will just be done and totally. I will roll back over yeah, and yeah, go yeah. back to sleep. Completely. And I think if it if that becomes a pattern, then it's yeah, really then irritating. It's different. Agreed. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, whatever. But also knowing that about your partner too is just like those discussions can be helpful because yeah. then you just know each other better. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what would make morning sex yeah. more appealing? Well, could we wait an hour? Could we wait or could could I, I say can you bring me coffee? I say I'm I'm good with morning sex, but no morning kisses unless I've we've brushed our teeth. There you go. That's, That's like a my- perfectly <laughs> legitimate guideline. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Um, what about, um, so this is something I was reading about, I want, sublimating? Mm. Like they were talking about um, if you're not, potent- if you're the person with a higher drive and you're not getting uh, it fulfilled in sexual activity, but you're already in a deeply committed relationship. And so in that, in the in be- off times, mm-hmm to choose other activities that would um that actually aren't sexually related so it's like 
art or music or I'm into dancing or whatever mm-hmm. to like use the energy. In yeah, way. use the energy. Does that? I mean, if that works for you, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all also again, it has to do with what you want from the sex, right? Yeah. So if your goal is to connect with your partner, mm-hmm. then going off and painting is not going to help, right. right? But if it's about sexual energy and you're like, I have all mm-hmm. this drive, because for example, if you have a partner who travels all the time, you're going to have to. Take care of yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. So you can masturbate and read erotica and do things that are sexual and maybe even connected to them mm-hmm. because maybe your way of doing it is you would masturbate to uh, pictures yeah. of your partner. You Bone know, so you feel, sex. yeah. Or maybe it is that you can use your energy in another powerful way where you're getting that if it's a release you need, like mm-hmm. a physical release. There's so many ways, mm-hmm. like like you said, exercise, painting, music, yeah, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um. And what about, you know, before we wrap this part, the the intimacy part of it, of like, we talked about it a little bit before, and, and one psychologist described it as the wedding cake model of intimacy. So it's it, the, the layers start with cuddles, kisses, foreplay, and then sex. Mm. And nowadays people are doing it backwards. So it's like sex first and then all, all these other things and like off times. And I kind of feel like we said that, like, it's all kind of one, right? Like, the, the cuddling and the kissing and, like, that's... Yeah, really I, I personally too. don't differentiate the, the foreplay. Yeah. But if your partner does, it's really important, or if you do too, mm-hmm. right, to focus on it for sure. But I would challenge people to just expand their definition of sex yeah. for sure. And if sex evolves from it, great. Sometimes it's just having that intimate space mm-hmm. where you know for that half hour, hour, two hours is our intimate time, whether we have sex or not, Yeah, then that's really cool. Right. You know, I think, I think that's really, it's really important. When should people walk away? Because of a libido difference, you yeah. mean? I would say if, I mean, everybody has their own deal breakers, right? So if that is a deal breaker for you, then, you know, respect it. But I would say there's a very good chance that, there are other issues too if it's that yeah, important yeah. to you, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't walk away if that was the only reason unless you had really explored it and you just can't get to a place where it suits both of your value systems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and only you will know that. Yeah. It's not fun, but you can find – there's so many people out there with all different kinds of sex drives and interests and you can find somebody who is perfectly suited to you. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, this has been fascinating. Uh, you're staying on for another episode, guys, uh, which will come on the week after, so the following Monday. But we're not done with you. We have your six questions now, oh. which is um, our uh, dating version of the Bernard Pivot questionnaire made famous on Inside the Actors Studio. But these are our original mm. six dating questions. So are you ready, August? Let's do it. Okay. Sure. Here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Kindness. That's yeah. a good one. What is your one deal breaker? Rudeness, for sure. I thought you were going to say libido. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what turns you on? Must match me. <laughs> um, what turns me on? Conversation. Yeah. yeah. Totally turned on right now. Love this. Um, yeah, I love connecting with people. I like I get, they say that when you get goosebumps, it, some people call that skingasms, and people get it from listening to music. Mm-hmm. I get it from talking to people, wow. and especially with my partner. It's like if we connect on, like, a communicative level. Oh, I get that. I'm just, like, so there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships. It might be the same thing for both. 
answers. I get really excited in lots of different ways. And that's worked against me in relationships and in life because literally I was so excited at job interviews that I used to get hired for all these jobs that I didn't even want because <sighs> um, I like talking to people. Um, I would go on, I went on a date with this guy who was completely narcissistic sociopathic and I shared my entire life story and I was so excited and so like he had all this info on you know what I mean like I just like went too far yeah and sometimes gave people the impression that I was so into them because I was so excited Mm -hmm. um but that's also a strength of mine I think is that I infuse a lot of passion Mm -hmm. into into my relationships and what I do so it works really well when it works really well and it works not so much at all when it doesn't (laughs) um what is love you ask really easy questions, don't you? <laughs> um, I think love is the fuel for everything good. Mm. It's it's why we're here. It's it's how we better the world. Mm-hmm. It's what makes life worth it. Mm-hmm. Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? <laughs> I can make sure this is three. Uh And your thoughts? <laughs> I was trying to, I feel like. I love that. No, that's right. right? I didn't say it had to be, it couldn't be a question. See, because for me, this might be because I've been mansplained a lot lately, not yeah. by my partner, but yeah. in life, is to be genuinely interested in someone. And this, of course, has to go both mm-hmm. ways. But when somebody takes genuine interest and they want to know your thoughts and they they respect your opinion you know, mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful in all relationships. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't heard that one. That was a great one. Well, thank you, August, for being on the show with us today. How can people find you on social media and when is your book available? I am on social media as August McLaughlin on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Although on Twitter, my name is one letter too long. But if you search for August McLaughlin or the hashtag girlboner, I pop up all over the place. Nice. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash my girl boner. And my book releases on August 7th. Yeah. Actually, both books. This is the first podcast I'm mentioning, the second one. Nice. So there's the journal as well. And they can pre order now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Amazing. How exciting. Well, well, I, I already have my early copy, guys. So, um, well, we're also on social media. So you can follow us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Kind of Dating. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram at Natasha Chandel and Twitter at Natasha underscore Chandel. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you can take a few seconds and review us on iTunes, we would be greatly appreciative. Um, also, send us your dating stories and thoughts to Kind of Dating at G. Email.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Mm-hmm.